You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. I am talking today about the fine line between challenges and excuses. This is podcast number 166. And I'm just kind of warning you that um, this has a lot of potential to become a soapbox episode. So I'm going to apologize in advance for whatever it is that I might say, I promise I'm not trying to be mean and I'm not talking about you specifically, but anyway, yeah. So just letting you know, fair warning. Okay. Um, I'm also the author of two books, how to manage your home without losing your mind and decluttering at the speed of life. I will be traveling to several places over the next month or so. So make sure you check out a slobcomesclean.com slash speaking because I would love to meet you if you are in San Diego next week or um, North Carolina the week after that and Atlanta at the end of April and then Minneapolis in June. So I would love to meet you um, and send me an email. If you're going to be there, make sure you email me at a slobcomesclean at gmail.com because I want to make sure that I actually get to talk to you if you make the trip to come see me. So, um, all right, but I have something really fun to tell you. I mentioned at the end of last week and had not thought through all of the details of how it would work. Um, so bear with me while I explain something. This is an Instagram challenge. Okay. I am going to do a giveaway of a $20 Amazon or Barnes and Noble gift card, which you can use for whatever you want. Um, but you know, you could also use it to buy my book if you wanted to. Um, but here's how it works. One of my favorite pastimes, which has no real purpose other than just being fun to me, is looking up my books at libraries on their websites, in their catalogs, and seeing how many holds there are on them. And one of two things happens. Either they don't have it, or they have it and there are multiple holds on it. Like sometimes I think there's one I looked at recently that had like, I think they had 33 copies in their system and like 50 holds 
on those 33. You know, that means like 33 are out and then there are 50 more people waiting. So anyway, that kind of stuff is super fun to me. Anyway, but I thought, you know what? I would love it if every library had a copy because I do want this message to go out to as many people as possible. And libraries are a great way to do that. And I know that so many of you love your library. And anyway, so when I spoke in Oklahoma a couple weeks ago at libraries, um, I was talking to someone and they were saying, you know, it basically comes down to often somebody requesting that we get this book in. Um, So here's my Instagram challenge for you. Okay. You're going to post a picture on Amazon. You're going to use the hashtag decluttering at the speed of life, not light life decluttering at the speed of life. I know it's long, but once several people do it, it'll auto populate. So it'll make it easier. Okay. Um, and you're going to tag me a slob comes clean. Okay. So you will have a picture, use the hashtag and tag me. You also have to be following me. Okay. Follow me a slob comes clean on Instagram. Here's what the picture should be of either. You have three choices, a photo or screenshot from your phone of the number of holds at your public library of decluttering at the speed of life. Or if if they don't have it, I don't want to see that screenshot. What I want to see then is a photo or screenshot of your email requesting that your library get decluttering at the speed of life you're going to want to make sure that your actual email address is not in the photo on Instagram. Okay. Cause it does have to be public for you to be entered for me to be seen anyway, but don't, you know, like either make it bigger so that it doesn't show your email, but let's all be smart. Okay. Um, or if you go into your library and talk to your librarian, take a selfie with your librarian. That's when you're asking them to order decluttering at the speed of life. Okay. For bonus happiness, there's no extra entry here. It's just making everyone happy. Tag your library in your Instagram post if your library has Instagram. Okay? So that's what you do. I know it's a little confusing, but it's really basically either you taking a photo or screenshot of my book that already exists at your library so we can see, um, you know, how many holds it has, how many copies they have, or a photo or screenshot of you requesting that your library get this either in person or of the email that you send them. Okay. Um, all right. And that is going to go, I think I'm going to do the contest for like two weeks. So I'll probably mention it again next week. And then, um, I will have a post on my Instagram that will explain everything. Okay. And I'll talk about it in the show notes too. So we're talking about the fine line between challenges and excuses. Oh goodness. Like I said, soapbox alert coming up. Um, I know this from my own experience and I mostly know from my own experience that excuses never got me anywhere. Even when I was not acknowledging that they were excuses and instead I was calling them reasons. Okay. So reasons that keeping the house is harder. Reasons that it's harder for you to keep your dishes done. Um, reasons why, um, 
it's, you know, hard for me to clean my bathroom either because I'm a germaphobe and it freaks me out to think about touching things that are disgusting. It's a thing y'all. Um, or, you know, being petrified or allergic to whatever cleaning chemicals and things like that, or not knowing the best way to do it. Um, all of these things are reasons why it's hard, but basically it comes down to if there's a legitimate reason, but I do it anyway, well then that's a challenge that I've met. But if there's a legitimate reason and I use it as a reason to just not do it, then it's an excuse. So yes, it's a reason why it's harder for you or for me or for whomever. But there's this fine line between challenges and excuses. And basically that line is whether you do it or not. Um, okay, so let's talk about that. So it's basically a mindset change. And this is part of my story As you guys know, when I started A Slob Comes Clean, it was never going to be something that I would end up writing books about. Ha ha, what a joke that would ever be. Well, here we are, you know, eight years, 10 years later. How long is it? 2009 is when I started. Anyway, nine years later. Um, When I started, no one knew what I was doing. My husband did not know. My kids didn't know. My mom didn't know. And that alone And using the word slob being, I mean, a horrible word. I never wanted to be called a slob. I'd often said I'm not a slob. Um, Those things made me only have, be able to focus on what I was doing and I wasn't doing, you know, and I stopped making excuses. And I realized as I stopped making excuses, because I would write about things and I would say, this is the thing that is what enters my head when I am faced with, you know, picking stuff up when I just picked stuff up yesterday, or here's what goes through my head when my foot sticks to the floor and I just mopped yesterday, or here are the thoughts, you know, whatever. I was talking about those things, but then I was going ahead and doing those things and writing about how I worked through that. And that is when my excuses that I had always had, because it is frustrating for your foot to stick to the floor when you just like moved all the chairs and picked up everything on the floor and got down on your knees and scrubbed. But you know, that's basically guaranteed that somebody's going to spill something sticky the next day when you do that, right moms? Okay. So that is a legitimate frustration. But before when I would let that make me go, well, then what's the point? Why do I ever even bother? Well, that was an excuse and my house suffered for that. So it's finding that difference, that fine line and saying, I'm going to go on the side of this being a challenge on instead of the side of it being an excuse because excuses never got me anywhere. They only made my house worse. They only made me more frustrated They only brought on more legitimate reasons, which I then was already accustomed to turning into excuses instead of challenges, blah, 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 yada, 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 things got worse and worse. Got it? Okay. All right. Before I get into all that, let me talk about this week's sponsor. Thanks to our sponsor, HelloFresh, for making this week's podcast possible. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. 
There's something for everyone with HelloFresh's selection. Each week, there's a 20-minute meal on the classic menu for when you really don't have more time than that. Rediscover the excitement of cooking. Look forward to your HelloFresh delivery knowing dinner just got that much easier. We, our family, we are in the weeks leading up to my daughter's musical. I help with these. It is nonstop right now. Last week, when I turned the corner and saw my front door and recognized the HelloFresh box sitting on my doorstep, I got all the warm fuzzies inside of me. I knew that box was coming, but when I saw it, I was so relieved and thrilled that we were going to eat high quality, fresh and delicious meals with zero brain power needed from me. It was just a matter of, in the moment, making the meal because everything was there. HelloFresh believes cooking should be simple and convenient, not a chore. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. My kids are always asking, what's for dinner? Like sometimes they'll ask me before they leave for school that morning. Last week, when I told my 16-year-old we were having melty Monterey Jack burgers, his first somewhat snarky but legitimate question was, do we have buns? I replied, snarky back at him. Yes. And then he reminded me that there's no guarantee that I am going to remember buns when I make burgers. And he's totally right. But I stayed snarky and said that this time it was HelloFresh's job to remember buns and they take care of everything. They even sent little bottles of ketchup. There are so many benefits of subscribing so you can keep enjoying HelloFresh week after week. Spend less meal, less time meal planning and grocery shopping each week and get that time back to do more of what you love. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code CLEAN30. That's $30 off your first week when you visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code CLEAN30. Okay, so we are talking again about the fine line between challenges and excuses. So what are some challenges? Well, other people who live in your home. You know, I have a post about this. I know I've done a podcast on it before about specifically this excuse, the other people who live in your home. It is a challenge to work with other people on home organization. It is a challenge when you have three different people who live in a house or five different people and everybody has different clutter thresholds or, you know, two people always remember to put their stuff in the laundry hamper and one person absolutely never does. Of course, I was always that person who never did. So anyway, um, but you know, it, it is a challenge. It is legitimately a challenge because you do go, wait a minute, I'm doing these dishes and yet everyone made the dirty dishes. You know, the whole what was that story? That kid's story. My mom would quote it to me all the time as a kid. Um, the little hen, wasn't it like, um, you know, she was making all the, you know, who wants to help me pick the grain? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, and they didn't want to all her friends, all her different animal friends, you know, okay, who wants to help me, um, make the flour? No, I don't No, I'm good. Thanks. Who wants to help me bake the pie? No, no. And then when she actually has the pie made, then everybody wants to eat it, you know, so there's probably a reason why my mom told me that story over and over. Um, but you know, I mean, it is a challenge when you are dealing with other people. 
However, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't give up my family for anything. I mean, legitimately take everything else, but don't take my family. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. So then I have to look at it from that perspective and go, okay, I love these people. So instead of it being, well, it's just too hard because I have a different standard than someone else, or it's just too hard when my kids are little bitty, because it is hard. It is way harder when your kids are little. Um, it's just fact, but there's that tipping point of, am I going to view this as a challenge and try to figure out, okay, then how do I make it work in this situation that I'm in that I won't trade for anything? Or am I going to use it as an excuse to go, oh, well, what's the point I give up? There's nothing I can do. Um, you know, I'm just going to say I have heard, and this is, these are stories I heard, you know, 20 years ago. So this is, I'm not talking about anybody. But, you know, I've heard multiple stories of, you know, families who ended up in really bad situations and it was power struggle. It was a, well, if he's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And I hear versions of that about all kinds of things, not just cleaning, but all of, you know, if he's not going to do it, I'm going to not going to do it. Well, you know, I, y'all know, I listened to Gretchen Rubin's podcast and I know she's talked about before. She's like, the other people, you know, you can't expect, I don't remember exactly what she says. She says it way better, but you know, you can't expect someone else to care about this situation as much as you care about it. You know, I mean, just because this is your thing that, you know, either gets you riled up or gets you super happy, you can't assume that everybody else is going to have that same thing because there's probably something that they get riled up or super happy about that you're, you don't care that much about Minecraft, right? I mean, or whatever it was. Thankfully, we're out of that stage. But, you know, this thing that it just really jazzes somebody else and it doesn't jazz you will realize that may be the same situation here, but going, okay, then what does that mean? And it may look different. It doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you dig your heels in and, you know, go against, you know, the current and, you know, wear yourself completely out. It may mean that you make some changes that you would not want to make otherwise. Maybe it means that for a certain phase of life, you use paper plates. Now, you all know we don't use paper plates. We used to before I started my deslobification process. Um, that was a survival technique and it was a survival technique. There's nothing wrong with surviving versus being miserable. Okay, if, if you have to put a survival technique into place, great whatever it takes. For us, once I started doing the dishes every single day and realized, oh, it only takes me 10, 15 minutes. Oh, it's worth my time to always run the dishwasher, even if, uh, you know, which it's always full. It's not that I run it when it's not full. It's just that I always assume it's not going to be full, but then I tell myself I have to run it anyway, because that's just what I have to do to survive. And then I end up filling it because there was always enough to put in there anyway. And I just can't judge that. But anyway, so that reality of what does it take, you know, using paper plates is meeting the challenge. It's not giving up. Giving up is not eating with your family, you not feeding your family, or, you know, spending money that you don't have, you know, going into huge debt, getting fast food, because you just can't bear the thought because your kitchen is so dirty. 
I mean, you know, sometimes there are times where you do have to eat out more than not, but I'm saying, what is your personal challenge here? What is the thing, which I just have to say really quick that the studies show I have heard, I can't cite the study, but the studies do show that eating together as a family is what matters. What you're eating doesn't matter. Okay. I know nutrition wise and all that kind of stuff it does, but I'm just saying that for you, but I'm just saying if you are giving up versus figuring out a way for it to work because it's so often a stage of life thing. It is so often a what I envisioned was going to be my life versus where I am right now. And not all of that stuff actually fits in the way that I wish it did. Okay. So maybe it's the stage of life. That's a challenge. Maybe it's, um, Maybe it's that, you know, you are in an extra busy season at work and you're not going to be able to do super fancy, um, you know, detailed entertaining, whatever. And so you say, okay, well then we're going to meet at the park. You know, when we have a moment and I need some social time and I need to be around the kids, we're not going to be able to do a play date, but we're going to meet at the park. That's not giving up. That's adjusting for your life right now. I feel like I'm getting off track here because I know that y'all all come to me for decluttering stuff. And the goal is to have people in your house, but you know what? You make it work according to where you are. And I'm rambling. All right. So, um, another one, size of your house. Okay. So looking at the size of your house as being a challenge is accepting the realities of the size of your container, the container concept, realizing the size of my house is the size of my house okay, I'm going to have to get rid of some stuff that I would really like to keep, but I have to accept the fact that I can't have all this stuff right now because the size of my house doesn't allow for that. Okay. That's meeting that same thing as a challenge. You have a small house. Okay. This is a challenge. It means I can't have as much stuff. It means I either need to be more creative with the stuff that I do have. It means I need to view things differently as far as, you know, I I think I've told you all this before, but I love it. Tish Oxenreiter, she has a podcast, The Simple Show, I think it's called. And um, one time I heard her say, she might've even said it when I was on her podcast. I don't remember, but I heard her say that she views the thrift store as her storage unit. Like she just donates things because she doesn't have room for it in her house knowing that what she donates is the same kind of stuff that you generally find at a thrift store. So if she ever needed it again, she'd go buy it at a thrift store for probably three bucks. And then she can think of it, oh, well, that was $3 well worth the storage. She's not going to buy the exact same thing, but buy something different later. Okay. I'm rambling. I already told y'all that. Um, But an excuse, and this is where I was really stuck. This was one I was super stuck on before I started my own deslobification process. The size of my house, I thought was the problem, which it turned out it wasn't even the problem. I was the problem. But when I saw that as the problem and I thought, well, we can't afford a bigger house, then I fell onto the side of that, the size of my house being an excuse oh, well, I don't have enough room for my stuff. Where viewing my house as a container and decluttering down to the point where it fits, even though I don't get to necessarily keep everything I would love to have kept, that 
is seeing it as a challenge. The size of my house is a challenge. What about perfectionism? Perfectionism is something that a lot of people love to talk about and love to blame their home on it. I have a podcast on that. I don't remember what kind of profound things I said about that because it's been a while. But, you know, I kind of stay away from blaming the state of my home on perfectionism, even though, yes, that was a big part of my problem. I would look at a situation and think, oh, well, there's no way I have time right now to actually finish this, so I'm not even going to start. Yes, that's perfectionism. But there are enough things in my life where I'm an actual perfectionist that I was not able to look at my home and say that perfectionism was the problem. <laughs> um, but the, the, you know, you, if perfectionism is your problem, if that's the thing, if you hesitate to get started because you don't know if you'll be able to finish while viewing it as a challenge, let's you say, okay, then I'm going to adjust my mindset and decide that I am going to aim to have less in this space now than I did before. I am going to aim to make this space better than it was before, you know, less and better. Those are two of my big words that I have to repeat to myself again and again and again. As long as there's less in this space than there was when I started, then I can know that I have had decluttering success, even though it's not finished because the definition of decluttering success is having less in this space than there was when it started. So that right there is viewing it as a challenge, not getting started because I'm not going to be able to do it perfectly is using perfectionism as an excuse. See what I'm saying? So there's that difference between the challenge often means adjusting my mindset and saying, you know what? And maybe all of this comes down to perfectionism. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but looking at this same situation, other people who live in my house or the stage of life that I'm in or the size of my house or perfectionism, my tendency toward that, looking at that and using it as a reason why, well, this is too much. That's using it as an excuse because I just don't do anything. But if I look at it and go, okay, well then if this is the situation, the size of my house is the situation. So I either need to adjust my mindset or save up to buy a bigger house, which is not my advice at all. Um, you know, that's a challenge. Okay. So that's the way, um, we deal with things. Idealism. That's one of the, that's probably where I was talking about perfectionism. For me, I look at it more as idealism. Like this is the way it should be. I shouldn't, that, that was one of the things I used to say to myself all the time. I shouldn't have to, um, sweep the floor every day. I should just notice that there are newspapers sitting on the floor next to the breakfast table. I should notice things like that. That's totally true. That's reality. I should notice it. Guess what? I don't. Um, so for me to just keep telling myself, I should notice that what is wrong with me? Why don't I notice that? I should notice that that turns into an excuse. Me saying this is my ideal of being a different person who notices stuff like that turns into an excuse if I'm not picking up those newspapers. But when I view it as a challenge and say, okay, I don't see these newspapers. No, they should not be on the floor. However, 
I don't see it. So I'm going to sweep my kitchen every day to help myself see the things that I just don't see otherwise. That's treating the same exact situation as a challenge, as opposed to letting that situation be an excuse. Does that make sense? Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. All those same things. You know, I mean, I should not leave my kitchen cabinet doors open. My husband is so gifted at pretending that um, he's running into those doors. He's, he's like, you know, it's like a Chevy Chase Fletch thing, I think. I don't know. Um, he's older than me. But he would run, you know, he always, always pretending like, Oh, he ran into that door that I left open. Cause there's this one, especially that is really bad right in a walkway, but he's always pretending like he does that. You know, I should not leave cabinet doors open. Guess what I do. 
I should close them as soon as I'm done with them. Guess what? I don't. I have a video that shows me in the middle, not having any idea. Like I just let a video roll. It was my first um, decluttering video that I ever had on YouTube. And um, I just let the video roll and I was going to edit it later. And I saw myself twist and turn to get around an open cabinet door. I think it was like 30 times or something. And you can see, I had no idea that thing was over. It was open. I had no idea that I was doing that. That's just my reality. This is the situation. I leave cabinet doors open for me to go, oh, well, everybody needs to just get over it. Well, that's using it as an excuse. But for me to say, okay, then I'm putting closed cabinet doors on my daily checklist, which I shouldn't have to do in an ideal world. I mean, come on, who has to do that? I do. It's a challenge for me. And so I'm going to put it on my daily checklist so that at some point during the day, I've closed them all. So maybe there's only two or three open instead of every single one, like in Sixth Sense, which is, my husband says this is life. Just that scene is the only part that's his life. Anyway, um, let's see. Okay. So here's some, here's some other examples. Um, the library. We talked about libraries. That's part of the challenge. Um, my tendency to have fines at the library. I can't afford library books, but reading is extremely important to me and being cheap is extremely important to me. So what did I do? I got a Kindle and I watched for books to go on sale. And so I have my Kindle and that allows me to always have lots of reading material. And yet and not have to deal with the fines. Because here, here's the truth there. I'm not going to stop reading. I am always going to read because it's something I really want to do. I was, I very naturally came up with a solution for that one. Doing the dishes, not quite something I'm driven to do every single day. So I had to come up with some, um, you know, less natural and I was less motivated to come up with solutions because I didn't actually want to do the dishes, but I did come up with solutions for that. Um, okay. Sometimes, okay. So look at it this way. Sometimes with the whole phase of life thing and realizing it's not going to be perfect, it's not going to be ideal. Realizing that acceptance of as good as it can be right now acceptance of yes, this is kind of a survival mode time when kids are in diapers or things are extra crazy or we're moving or, you know, major projects at work or whatever. Acceptance of that and adjusting for it by whatever it is that you're doing to adjust. um, That's meeting a challenge. Giving up because it can't be what I wish it could be right now and just going find them. What's the point in even trying? That's an excuse. All right. Um, and here's where I'm going to get really soapboxy. I hear from people all the time. And again, I am not talking to any one specific person and I am not talking to you. I mean, I am not, I am not thinking of any person if you have emailed me. Okay. I'm just saying I'm in this weird, strange life situation, position, job where people send me details of their own unique situations. Okay. 
And because I get so many of these emails, I start to see the patterns. And, you know, in How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, which is my first book, at the end, you know, I talk about special circumstances, you know, you know, working full time or whatever it is, you know, which things like HelloFresh, maybe that's your, maybe that's your solution. That's your way to meet this challenge of you want to cook at home is you have a service that helps you actually make that happen. Even though you think, well, I should be, well, whatever you want to actually make it happen. If this is how that's going to happen, that's what you need to do. Okay. And it's a great service that seriously makes life easier anyway. But I get these emails and I, and and how to manage your home. I talked about specifically, you know, various challenges that, that people face. And it honestly comes down to this. I will get emails from people who say, I am a homeschooling mom of seven. And that's why I relate to you. I know I've said this before. My kids, I only have three and they go to public school. Okay. So this is somebody in a different life situation than me. And yet they relate to me. And then I will get somebody else who says, you can't understand my real situation because I'm a homeschooling mom of seven. And I don't know that I've ever gotten these exact emails. I'm just giving examples. And then I will have somebody who says, I work um, full time outside the home. And that is why what you say makes so, so much sense to me. That's why I relate to you. And then I will get someone else who says, I work full time outside the home. And so that's why your stuff won't work for me. And I will get someone who says I'm a single mother and that's why I relate and your stuff works for me. And then I will get someone else who says I'm a single mother and that's why I can't do things the way that you say. And I'm not even kidding when I say I get the exact same scenarios with different, some people viewing it as a challenge and some people viewing it as an excuse. And the only difference between those two is that the people who are saying that my, my ways won't work for them are the ones who haven't done their dishes. They're the ones who haven't started. They haven't started trying. And the ones, maybe they found me and they got a little bit of excitement and then they started immediately thinking of all the reasons it wasn't going to work. And then the ones who tell me your stuff works for me and somehow they're, you know, kind of assuming that our situations are similar are the ones who've actually done the dishes. They're the ones who've actually started putting stuff into practice and have gone, wow, this really works. Y'all. I am not, I have not invented anything. People have been doing dishes. People with clean houses have been doing dishes since the beginning of dishes. And people without clutter have been getting rid of stuff they didn't need um, since the beginning of stuff. I mean, it's, you know, I'm basically just boiling things down and explaining the laws of clutter nature or house nature or whatever. I mean, 
that right there, those emails that I get and people I talk to, and I'm hearing the exact same story, and then they have different endings. And the difference that that splitting point is whether or not they view their situation as a challenge to be figured out somehow, maybe not idealistically, maybe not even the way that I do it in my house, but somehow seeing me do stuff in my house has helped them go, okay, then how could I do that in my house? But the ones who view it as a challenge are the ones whose houses start looking better. And the ones who view that exact same situation as an excuse are the ones whose homes keep getting worse and worse and worse. And I can see it. And so that's, that's what I know. I am so soapboxy today. And I am so sorry. I bet half of y'all are have already stopped listening. So whatever. Um, but, but really though, the ones who say that it won't work, it's always future tense. This is why what you're saying won't work for me. They've already figured out that it won't work. Y'all, I was the queen of that. Analyzing every solution before I ever even tried it. That's why I can identify this. I know that mentality. It never got me anywhere. It was not until I actually just started doing the dishes that I went, oh, wow, this has a big effect. You would not have been able to convince me, which is sometimes one of those times where I'm amazed that people actually listen to what I say, because I mean, I don't know if I would have listened. I I really don't because I was the queen of going, "Mm, yeah, let me tell you why that's not going to work. I mean, that's just my personality, right? So I get all this. I totally understand. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about something else. And this is going to make at least one of you get irritated, but it's fine. Um, oh my goodness. I've been talking a long time, so I'm shocked if you're still here. Um, I wrote my books in answer to questions that I get all the time. Okay. So like when I talk to people who want to write books, that's my, that's my advice. I'm like, answer the questions that you get all the time. The questions that you're most persistent, or let's just be honest, sometimes it feels most annoying questions that people just ask again and again and again. That's what your book should be if you're doing like a self-help kind of thing, okay? So that's what my books are. They are that. Is there anything that has never been heard before? Now, in this last one, I did talk about moving, which I avoid talking about. I did talk about helping others declutter, which I avoid talking about, you know, because I'm, you know me, I like to only stick with the blog, the podcast, they're only just what I've personally gone through and figured out and all that. So, um, but how do I say this? Because I am not, and again, I, I want you to read the book. And so ask your library to get it. You know, if you can't afford the book, which it's like 10 bucks, most places, you know, 10, 11, $12, something like that. Um, go to the library and ask them to order it so that it doesn't mean, because my issue here is not you not buying my book. My issue is not being willing to read the book. You need to be willing to read the book because When, don't be the person who can't be helped. 
And I, I, I say this and I am not, I, I promise you, I am not, I know you're getting annoyed because I keep saying this, but I am not saying, well, I can't help you. You got to read my book or I'm not going to help you. I'm saying if you're not willing to read the book, are you really ready to do anything? Because it tends to be a fact that the more somebody wants their hand held, but they are not willing to reach out their hand to be held. I mean, that's what the books are. They are me holding your hand through the whole process. It's totally an option for you to go through my hours upon hours. I mean, getting close to, I mean, we're like over 80 hours of podcasts. That is an absolutely legitimate option for you to listen to all 80 hours and draw from that what you need to know, or go through all nine years of the blog and read my entire process. I highly encourage that. And I'm saying this is a total cheapskate myself. Go do that. But if you are not willing to do that and you want your hand held, that's what the books are for. And if you say, which I know some of you actually say this, because somebody, some people have said it to my face. Um, I'm not buying your book. Great. Don't buy it. But that's how you get your hand held. All right. So you can't ask for your hand to be held. And then you don't actually want to learn this. If you're not willing to pay let's say, I think actual retail price, which most places have it percentage off at different points or whatever, $16.99. Let's all just think about that for a minute. If you actually wanted your house to change and you're not willing to pay less than even basically a meal out with one person, are you actually ready? or not? Is this is the price of that book a reason why your house is never going to be any better? Or is it an excuse? Again, if it's a reason, if it's a challenge for you, then get creative, go to your library and ask them to order it. Almost, I'm not going to guarantee every, but almost every library we'll order it for you. And you'd probably be the first one to have it on hold if you're the one who asked for it. And so you could read it. So it's a challenge. Maybe you don't have the money. So go get your library to order it and then read it. And then money's not an issue anymore, but it's going to take a little effort because you're going to have to look up the email address for your library and send them that email. And you're Or you might have to drive by there and go in and and ask them to order this book. It's a challenge. Yes, everything in life basically is a challenge. But I need you to think about that, okay? Don't be the person who can't be helped. I don't want to be the person who can't be helped. And when I was letting everything be excuses, I couldn't be helped. 
when I had an answer for every piece of well-meaning, loving advice of why that advice would never work, but I never actually tried any of it, some of it legitimately didn't work. But do you know what? By trying it and failing, I figured out what didn't work and that helped me find what did work. Okay. That's what I always say. If you don't believe me that five minutes are going to make a difference in your house, take a picture, work for five minutes, take another picture and you will win either way because either you will prove me wrong and you'll be happy and that's awesome. Or you will be five minutes better off and you'll be shocked at how much better your house is and your mindset will have changed and you'll be willing to spend another five minutes another time and make your house even better. Okay. So I know it sounds like I am selling you my book, but I want you to know my heart. I did not write this book to become a millionaire. I wrote this book because for some people, not for everybody. Some people get a whole lot more just from listening to little bits and pieces and reading the blog and doing all that. But for the people who desperately need their hand held, this book is for you. Okay. These books are for you. This is me holding your hand because the simple fact is I am not willing to actually physically hold your hand unless you come see me speak and then I will give you a hug and all that. But I mean like, you know, I'm not a professional organizer. And I am not going to come into your house unless you won that contest or we do a video or something at some point. But you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I do. People get very confused when they find out what I do. I'm like, oh, can you come to my house? And I'm like, yeah, if you'll be on video, because that's what I do. I don't do, I'm not just your typical professional organizer. That's not what I do. It makes me laugh to even think about it, whatever. But I'm like, this is what I have done for you. I have written a guide and that guide is for you. So if you're unwilling to spend $21.67, which I think is the highest price of any of it, which is the audiobook alone, I think, I don't know, I can't guarantee it because they change prices all the time and nobody asks me anything for my opinion on that. But um, if you are not willing to spend that amount of money, choose to view your lack of $21.67 or less as a challenge and figure out a way to request it from your library so that you can get it. But if you're going to choose to go the excuse route, I want you to be thinking about that. Okay. This was so soapboxy and I apologize for that. If you stayed with me, you're my favorites. And again, I'm really not talking about anybody specifically. I'm just talking about what I see and I recognize it because I've been there. I recognize the mentality of it's never going to work for me. There's no hope for me. It's not possible. I'm not like them. Whatever. You do have unique challenges. But just view them as challenges and not as excuses. Okay? Okay. So that was episode um, 160 whatever. And um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Make sure you check out me, A Slob Comes Clean, on Instagram, um, and also check out the show notes for this so that you can um, find out how to enter that. And also go visit our sponsor, HelloFresh.com. Use the code CLEAN30. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. If you're ever going to listen to another podcast, I hope you will. 
Hopefully I won't be so preachy next week. All right. Bye.